2: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Happy New Year, everybody. This is the Chad Hartman Show. Filling in for Chad, I'm Dave Schrader. I'll be here with you all three hours. Thank you for joining us. I hope that you had a safe and happy day. New Year's Eve filled with lots of love and laughter. That's all we can hope for for one another. I know I did. I enjoyed myself and surrounded myself with many friends from many different walks of life. Last night I uh, did a little live podcast to uh, for the only the lonely group, the people that were stuck at home or staying home to be safe for the, uh, for the New Year's holiday and had just such a great time exchanging thoughts and ideas, concepts and conversations with all of the great people that were there in attendance. Uh, we've got a lot to cover today. Jordana just wrapped up talking about kind of owning your truth as you go into this new year uh, to be the most real you that you can be. And what does that entail? What does that mean? And sometimes it's in confronting the things that you find are weaknesses or flaws. Owning them, strengthening and empowering yourself with these things, and realizing that our downfalls, the things that trip us up, are not the things that define us. What defines us is standing back up, brushing ourselves off, and continuing in a journey that is oftentimes very hard. I spoke about the fact that when I was in high school, like most teenage boys and girls, I'm sure, alike, your life is very self-centered and centric upon yourself and and this is all that matters my life and nobody's ever felt this kind of pain nobody knows the depth of disparity and and depression that we feel as a teenager and over a breakup and the loss of a few friends i decided at that point to take my life and uh had put the gun in my mouth pulled the trigger and it clicked clacked nothing happened i double checked to make sure everything was set properly the bullet was in the chamber, the bullets were in the gun, the safety was off, and the gun would not go off. And just as I was about to try for the third time, my dad's headlights panned through the windows, and I couldn't put him through knowing that he was just a few seconds late. So I put it away, figuring I can do this another time. I just retreated to the basement where I sat in darkness listening to music, and, and I was tuned in and listening but not hearing And just feeling bad for myself and so alone, so isolated, unhappy with the way I look, unhappy with the life I was in, unhappy with the future that I saw before me and not sure how or why I should continue to go on. It was a weird gnawing experience, of course. And then all of a sudden, as I kept flipping dials, I kept listening to a song that was very popular that year, Uh, the – Born in the USA album had come out. Bruce Springsteen was everywhere with the song Dancing in the Dark, which to me was just a fun pop tune. But that night, the words resonated with me. I heard the words of a man that was in anguish, a man that had faced these uh, demonic and demon-like feelings. And I started to hear a man that came through it, somebody who didn't like his clothes, his hair, his face, couldn't stand the place he was living in or his place in his life. But now he's one of the biggest musicians in the world, and that if he can survive whatever life threw at him, why couldn't I? And that was enough inspiration for me, and and I lived, thankfully, to go on and end up having uh, eight beautiful children, three amazing stepchildren, eight grandchildren, and here I stand. I was compelled to come forward about this uh, very publicly when Robin Williams passed away. Before we knew all about the Louie body dementia and the other issues he was going on, people immediately assumed that it was drugs or the depression and why should a guy that rich and wealthy and famous be depressed? How could he be depressed? And I felt compelled to talk about it that night on the radio, and I did. And I opened up, shared that story in much more detail about what it was like to be in that moment. And I opened myself up vulnerable and allowed myself to confront a lot of the feelings that I'd held for over 20, 30 years and realized that in that moment by opening up and sharing, it made me feel more balanced and human than ever because I realized I am still here and I did make it through. And the calls and the messages that I got regarding that were very powerful. They continue to be. I'm very vocal about my dealings with depression and trying to help people that have loved ones around them with depression understand what it's like. And how to deal with that. And, and, you know, oftentimes we're given the advice, just brush it off, you know, try to be happy, fake it till you make it. And those are all great logical conversations. However, when you're in a state of depression, it is an emotional state. And logic and emotion speak two different languages. Right. One speaks ancient Latin. The other speaks uh, current day slang English. And the two do not ever converse properly. So speaking to somebody in a place of logic often makes that person feel even more isolated and alone and unheard. And none of us do that on purpose. We all want to offer the best advice we possibly can. We want to let that person know they are not alone. They are not being unheard. But we want to pump them up and get them them back in the game. And sometimes the best resource is actually just putting your arm around the person and saying, just tell me what's going on and allowing that person to talk and vent. My producer, Chris Tubbs, uh, came in during the last segment with Jordana and said he'd like to share something and be open about this as well, something that you opened up about in the past and took some uh, criticism for, Chris. Is that right? Yeah,
1: I have. And there are some that look at exposing yourself and being open as a sense of weakness, right? It's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm looking for sympathy. I'm... I'm looking for somebody to to give me the, you know, the, the, the propping up to tell me it's okay. And it's okay to not be okay. I remember back in 2002, the worst year of my life, I had suffered a serious neck injury um, where I was less than a millimeter away from severing my carotid artery. Wow. And, you know, 90% of the, because my my head, it snapped on a metal cable. And it said 90% of the people that suffer the sort of injury that I did are either quadriplegic or dead. So, okay, that I was in, I was in a hospital for about three months. I could not eat or drink anything hot or cold for another nine months because my throat was still too tender. Um, I've got a small crack in the front of my throat that will never heal. Along with that, I was going through a divorce and a bankruptcy. And, you know, since then, I've been very fortunate, but there are still times where I struggle with just my own mortality, so to speak, right? Right. And I am on, I and I've told people this, it's like when you're going through issues, you know, where you're holed up and you don't want to talk to anybody, you don't want to see anybody, You 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 get home and you close the blinds and you shut off the lights and you just want to be isolated from the world and you're sitting there in your own thoughts. Right. We've all been there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, when – I tell people that, hey, yes, I I was at that place in my life. I was in a very bad spot. And I take daily medications for anxiety and depression. Like, to me, I feel like there are a lot of people that are going through this, Mm -hmm. that they need to know that there are people out there that can relate. There are people out there that can support you. That can be, you know what, if, if you need a support system, more people are dealing with this on a daily basis than what you realize, and it's
3: not something that you should be vilified for. Not at all. And listen, this last four or five years have been some of the most tumultuous times in our lifetime. Absolutely. Right. For those of us that are up into the age of 50, this is uh, this has been an insane handful of years. And. Uncertainty with war, uncertainty with disease, uncertainty with finances. Mm -hmm. It has affected and impact everybody. And it's okay to feel vulnerable. It's okay to have anxiety and depression. It's human. You're not broken. You're not, you're not, you know, you brought it up. You brought up a good point that people think that you're not strong, that it's a sign of weakness. I think owning your... Issues, your vulnerability, yeah, is is an empowering strength because yes. when you can say, "I have this now." There's a difference. There are some people that live under um, a shield of of uh, victimization, where instead of learning from the situation they've been in, they just allow the world to keep heaping on them. Now, you're a man who dealt with divorce, bankruptcy, and what could have been a life ending injury, mm-hmm. and here you are today, showing that we can get through even the most horrible crises that we thought we could never get through. Yeah. And your vulnerability, your being able to talk about it and own it is one thing. You don't live behind it as a shield of, well, you have to just expect, this is what I've been through so I'm allowed to and then, you know, that that t- turning that vulnerable moment into a victimization moment into I'm allowed to be a jerk. Or I'm allowed to treat others poorly because look at what I've gone through
1: yeah yeah there's there's no there's no anger, there's no bitterness. there's a sense of gratitude for being able to realize that I was at a point in my life where I contemplated suicide absolutely. but then you you know every day you get up and you just you grind. And it's so much easier said than done. And you start to slowly get your – so you, you, you claw your way out of that hole. Right. And it is a long, arduous process. But like you said with, uh, with Jor, it's a temporary place in your life, and suicide is a permanent solution. And I, I just want to be grateful and thankful. And it sounds so cliché. But every day that I get up and I wake up mm-hmm. i mean we we all have a purpose on this earth. We all are meant for a reason we've all got good in us right now it's it's up to we need to we just need to acknowledge each other's struggles and be there for one another it's it, to me it's not that complicated to just be thankful and help those around you because you don't know what everybody else is going through.
3: Jay Glazer, one of the listeners on the the WCCO Talk and Text Line 651-461-9226, says Jay Glazer from the NFL Today described his depression as a deep fog that he has to break through every day. I cannot imagine how tired... That can make one feel. Thanks for sharing your story. And that comes from Michelle. Let's take a quick break. We'll continue with this conversation a little bit. Uh, if you have something you'd like to weigh in on, on, something that's worked for you to help bring you out of these depressive states, out of these feelings of hopelessness, share it. Because today you don't know who could be listening that needs to hear that piece of advice, that idea. Give us a call. Send us a text. six five one four six one nine two two six. We'll be back with more right here on Newstalk 830 WCCO.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
3: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your
4: couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: You have 47 new voicemails.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
3: Welcome back. This is the Chad Hartman Show. Filling in for Chad Hartman, I'm Dave Schrader. The WCCO Talk and text line is open, 651 We're going to go to Rob in Minneapolis in a second. I did want to uh, finish a thought on something. When I said that having issues, having things that you have to face is one thing. Owning them and making your way through them, that's the important aspect of this. Standing behind them and allowing yourself to become victimized by those moments as opposed to empowered is, I think, where a lot of people split. And that's why people offer divisive uh, divisive um, advice like, you know, shake it off. Just be happy. Oh, you're never happy. No matter what, you just need to shake it off. It's not that easy. It doesn't happen that way. And there have been some amazing graphics uh, that I've seen through the years that I try to share on my social media because I I see what it looks like, um, what depression looks like. And, and some of these graphics have been so perfectly uh, created for that. But I want you, if you're feeling victimized by the things that have happened to you in your past, maybe one of the first steps in moving forward in life is to stop being victimized and become empowered by them. You're still here. You're still moving forward in spite of all of the things that you've had to face in the past. Congratulations. That's amazing. Now start to empower yourself. Be kind, be forgiving. Doesn't mean forget what people have done to you. Doesn't mean forget the things you've been through, but forgive, not for them, for you. When you give of yourself and forgive other people and move on, you will begin to heal and feel better as well. I promise you that. Uh, I asked, what, what are some things that help lift you? What are some of the ideas, what are some of the, the things you've been through? Opened up the talk and text line, 651 461 We're get, getting great texts, but we have Rob from Minneapolis on the line. Rob, thanks for listening. What did you want to share with us?
4: Hey, guys, I have two points. One is something that I found, and then two I wanted to kind of go back because you guys both dabbled a little bit on not being heard, <clears throat> and I think that's an important part that people need to touch on, mm-hmm. that you're going to feel like the door's closed, the closet's shut, there's no door handle, no light switch, but you got to keep talking, you got to keep yelling, yes. you got to keep having a voice. You can't just say nobody hears me and then, like you said, it means to an end, I'm just going to end it. Um, it, may, it may take 10 years, but keep screaming keep yelling. Somebody will eventually hear you.
3: That And that's excellent advice, that you have to keep moving and sometimes, this is empowering as well, Rob, right? If I'm your buddy, I'm your friend, you open up to me, I don't, I wasn't A, I wasn't prepared for you to open up to me so I may not know what to say I want what's best for you so I'm going to try to make you laugh or try to get you off it sometimes just by setting the bait for your friend and say, Rob I need a friend right now, and I, I want to talk to you about something, and I don't need your advice. I don't need for you to feel sorry for me, but this is what's eating me away, and I, I need somebody to talk to. Will you just be here for me?
4: And, oh, and that's exactly right. You know, I, yeah. I've, I've never had addiction issues, and I've got some friends who have come through decades and decades of sobriety um, through and different things, and they talk about how you don't talk about things you don't understand. In this mental illness, when you go talk to friends, if they don't understand it, it's really hard for them to even relate Converse things because they're afraid they're going to walk on an egg, and then push you to somewhere where it would be detrimental. I said my, my back past or my feelings have gotten for people, so preference of people and saying, look, what you just said, just be my friend and just be who you are, is the way that it's almost like a giant hug because you don't get thrown back into the situation. Agree. Um, resolution. So mm-hmm. this is interesting. Um, exactly what you said. I'm in my 50s. Go through, to, you know, the, go through open everything in a public space, and it was traumatically for myself and people around me i'm watching the blacklist tv show and i see one of the characters go through this treatment and i thought this is kind of weird then i saw it on on a cable show and then for me what kicked me in the butt to go forward with this starting in march of this past year as of yesterday was um when prince harry talked about how ketamine infusions allowed him to cry for the first time ever for the death of his mother and I was driving down the highway through Maple Grove the next morning with my wife. And we looked up <clears throat> and we live in Maple Grove and right in a building we've known for 20 years happens to be a place that's called Minnesota Ketamine and Wellness Center. And I thought, wait, this is way too many coincidences started to right. call around. And I have to tell you that it is almost scary in a positive way, how fast ketamine can get to issues of mental illness. And almost so fast, you have to be careful because you're not actually healthy. It makes everything come very fast, very quickly, and very overwhelming. Yet, you get to the project right away or the issue right away. And along with therapy, you can get into things that take years, at least for me, that took months all of a sudden. And you just keep working through all those. But it opens up all those roadblocks, all those things that happened. And it's kind of a situation with ketamine where people, you know, it was outlawed for a long time, yet it was studied in universities all over the world, including here in the U.S. And now that it's coming back to a mainstream, I have all the five-star reviews I can tell people about this.
3: That's great. And a lot of people have misconceptions now because, sadly, the death of Matthew Perry is tied to ketamine. But again, what you need to do in reading the story is is that it was ketamine, it was uh, I hate to use abused because I don't think that's proper, but it was being administered improperly. And that's, that's what eventually cost him his life. You also have to know that there are some medications that you take where they tell you do not go into warm water or things like that for two hours after you take a medication because it does lower your respiration. It lowers your heart rate, your blood pressure. And if you get into a warm pool of water, you... To drown and and those are some of the the side effects so you have to be aware of those things but ketamine I've heard great things for. thank you for being somebody that's actually spoken to me about how it's oh, changed please. your life yeah
4: yeah well and, it, and it's interesting because I, I found different things in Minnesota here specifically where I did research in different places And some would take a lollipop and sit at home for three hours and I thought that's not something I'm okay with this facility is based upon a medical situation with RNs Anesthesiologists, doctors, you're in a room with chest monitors and IV, a very controlled, medicated doctor's clinic. It's an office. Um, and I immediately see a therapist following. It's not an option. It's a choice you can choose to do. It's not mandatory um, to try to decipher what I just experienced, what I saw. It's 45 minutes. Um, and it's, uh, it's, kind of earth shattering and opening it it just allows things in your neural pathways to open up that have been closed for years and decades to which have a better healthy way of thinking a better healthy way of dealing with trauma or past issues or whatever it is that it's remarkable and done in a clinical way
3: rob thank you so much keep fighting the good fight my friend and uh, know that you're making a difference
4: sharing so thank you Thanks, you guys, too, for sharing, too. I mean, you guys are up in public every day, and to open up the you guys did is what gave me to call today, too, to, uh, to encourage the call today, too, and say it. So, thanks very much, you guys. Please Fantastic.
3: Keep it. Have a very happy new year, sir, and may it be filled with love and abundance. When we come back, I want to mention um, get a pen and paper. I'm going to also tell you, aside from ketamine, there's another amazing therapy that is changing people's lives. I want to talk about that. And, again, we'll continue to take your calls, and I'll read your text messages as they keep pouring in here. I don't want to neglect them. If you've taken the time to write to me, I want to make sure that we cover that. We'll do that when we return. This is the Chad Hartman Show. I'm Dave Schrader filling in today right here on News Talk 830-WCCO. Welcome back to the Chad Hartman Show, where we are always precise with the information we share. The mid-30s actually yields to about 23 degrees out, out, outdoors right now in the Twin Cities. So I apologize for that. I flipped those numbers as I glanced at them. Instead of 30 or 23, I saw 32. So that's where we are. We're, we were talking about um, owning... Our lives, owning the good, the bad, and the ugly, dealing with anxiety, depression. We had Rob call in and was talking about ketamine therapy. Here's another therapy I'd like you to jot down. If you know somebody that's dealing with PTSD, you might not even know that they're dealing truly with PTSD, but that they are dealing with something that is unresolved for them. There is an amazing therapy that is changing lives. It is EMDR therapy. It's an eye movement therapy desensitization, and reprocessing therapy. It's a mental health treatment technique. No medication involved. The method involves moving your eyes a specific way while you process traumatic memories. EMDR's goal is to help you heal from trauma or other distressing life experiences. And if everything else is not working for you, please do yourself a favor. Look into EMDR therapy. E i I've spoken to former military. I've spoken to rape victims. I've spoken to uh, law enforcement officials who have taken EMDR therapy, and they told me it is life-changing. It has shifted the way they're able to live their life, the way that they can process the things that have happened to them in their past, and has helped them move on. So if you are at a breaking point and have tried medication and standardized therapy – this is recognized. It is a full therapy, but this may be your opportunity to get that. The other thing I wanted to mention uh, that that Rob brought up about, um, it, you know, touched on was grief. And sometimes I don't think we allow ourselves to fully grieve. You know, uh, Prince Harry talks about the fact that his ketamine treatment allowed him to cry for the first time since his mother's death. Process that. Realize how long ago Princess Diana passed away. This is the first time this— this young man was able to process that. How many of us hold back on grief because we want to be strong for the ones around us? That we don't give ourselves and our soul and our body the chance to grieve. Did you know that grieving is very healthy, very natural, and that your, the chemical makeup of your tears during grieving is different than regular tears? And you are purging chemicals. You are purging things from your system to let that go. And, and there are days I know when my mom died, I grieved, but I held a lot back because I didn't want to seem weak to my children. I didn't want to seem weak to my friends or my relatives, and I held a lot back, and I still hold it. I can feel it like a knot, and that's something I have to come to terms with. I, I hold on to it sometimes out of fear that if I let go of it once and for all, I might be giving up that last piece of my mom. That's ridiculous. We have to allow ourselves to heal, right? When, when processing a loss and grieving, one of the things that's helped me considerably is the fact that I allow myself a few days of grief, but in order to honor the person who's passed in whatever way they passed, by their own hand, through disease, through accidents, through old age, I want to honor that person by living the best possible life I can by going out there and making sure that I have as many experiences I can have in their honor so that they are able to live vicariously through me because my memories and my thoughts and life, trying to be better with them in mind is the best way to honor them instead of locking yourself down, shutting down. Hey, that is not how that person that loves you wants you to live your life. So try to embrace that element. Try to strengthen and empower yourself with taking those memories, and instead of allowing them to become painful, reassess those memories so that the memories continue to be happy and joyous. Go on trips. Go see things. Dave, I can't afford to. There are amazing things you can drive to within the confines of our own state that will allow you to have memories. Just having memories, playing games with your kids, with your grandkids, spending some time, and doing it all in the memory of that person. That, to me, has helped rewire my brain to having more positive memories and less pain about missing those people because I'm not missing them in the sense of, uh, you know, they're just gone. They are gone, but I'm able to carry them forward and assess new positive thoughts and memories to them. Things that I know they would have loved to see and experience and be there for. Uh, the talk and text line is open. six five one four six one nine two two six. We do have a couple of messages that came through. I want to make sure I cover real quick. Um, Uh, I found that I feel better when I push myself to get outside, go for a hike, go to a park, just go somewhere and do something. That's a great bit of advice. That motion in motion does help you start to feel better. Sometimes it's baby steps. It's just getting up and walking down the hall, getting up, walking out to the end of the driveway, then taking the next step down the block and start to breathe in the air, start to Love the sunlight, the, the, the snow, whatever is out there. Just be a part of that moment. Um, somebody wrote in, hey, I just tuned in at a little after 12. I've experienced some major depression episodes in my life. I nearly took my own life 25 years ago after my second divorce from a cheating wife. I was literally inches away from ending my life, but I got myself into therapy and greatly improved my life. I'm now happily married for 14 years and living a happy life my most recent depression in this past year after the sudden loss of my sister. But my wife, family, and friends have been incredibly supportive, and I am so thankful for them. And that comes from Paul in Coon Rapids. Paul, keep fighting the good fight. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Um, let's see, we've got uh, Nick from Roseville. Let's go ahead and grab that call before we take a break. And then, Janet, we will come to you as well. Uh, go ahead, Nick. Welcome to the show.
6: Hey, Dave. Thank you very much. First of all, um I'm glad you announced this last week, because I was going to ask you if you didn't ever announce it, but I used to listen to you when you were on Coast to Coast all the time. So oh, thank you. Um, yeah, you know, you're welcome. Yeah, you, you sounded awesome on that show. I appreciate um, that. I mean, you sound awesome here. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying... <laughs> you
3: know. Don't worry. No reason to um, apologize. I get the point. Thank you very much.
6: But anyway, so I don't know. I'm sorry to say, I don't know how this conversation started, but I guess... So I'm blind and I have people that, I have people that take me to the grocery store and, you know, cause of course I can't, right. you know, imagine being blind and going through the store on your own
3: and, uh, you know. Yeah, you I can only imagine that's, the, that's not an easy task at all.
6: Right. And having these guys who are teenagers or whatever, You know, oh, where where are the boneless wings? I don't know. I just work here. Um, But anyway, what I'm getting at with that is I'm not at all ashamed to have someone guide me through the store. I would ask you this, Dave, if we ever ran into each other at the cupboard in Roseville and you met the person that helps me and they get paid through the Ramsey County, if you know what I mean, would you think I was weird?
3: No, not at all. Not at all. I think it's amazing that. Uh, somebody sees that they need help and they're not afraid to ask for it. They're not just making their life more miserable by being too proud to accept uh, a hand. And Mm -hmm. there's a difference between accepting a hand and a handout, and even in most cases, a handout. If you need to take temporary... Uh, help from someone do it to get yourself back on your feet, and then start to build that. If you're worried about being somebody who's leeching off the government or leeching off other people, when you get back on your feet and you're feeling good, just make sure that you pay it forward and you continue to good th- do good things for other people.
6: Well, and here's the thing, Dave. I these people that help me don't feel like they're getting paid enough mm-hmm. from the government, so. How do I say this without sounding inappropriate? You develop a relationship with them. Sometimes it turns into a friendship, but I don't mean that inappropriately. I mean, you find, like, I have stuff in common with them, they have stuff in common with me, and then they leave because they found a better job. Right. And so I'm lobbying at the Capitol now so that they can maybe help people until they retire. I don't know.
3: I mean... No, I get your point. Thank you so much for calling in, Nick. Uh, I get your point, right? We, we need to take care of the people that are out there trying to help and take care of people that, that have reached out for help. You're right, and that should be assessed more. We should be looking at that resource and shoring it up. We have to take a quick break. We have, I believe it's Janet on line, too. We'll get to her when we return. You're listening to The Chad Hartman Show. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is News Talk 830-WCCO. It is 12.50, Cylindus Construction time check. Time to request your complimentary attic inspection. This is the Chad Hartman Show. I'm Dave Schrader filling in today. Let's go to the calls. We've got Janet on line two. Janet, welcome to the program.
0: Hi, thanks. I'm enjoying the program, and I enjoyed you all last week. Thank you. Thank you so much. um, I so appreciate this topic because it is, so critical to so many of us, and depression is something that if you've never had it, you can't understand what somebody is going through, how right. immobilizing it can be, and it can suck you down without you realizing you're going down until you're at the bottom of the pit. And I've had depression since childhood, although I didn't know it at the time um, until... Well, I've had several life crises, haven't we all? But major earthquake kinds of things that really change you forever Mm -hmm. and not in the way you want to go. Um, I have a lot of stuff that has led me up to where I have been, which is in the bottom of the pit again. And I won't go through all of that stuff. But what has helped me... I just wanted to call in in case it helps somebody else too because I was so immobilized for so long and I couldn't get any traction to move forward. I knew I needed traction. I knew I had to move forward, but I didn't know how. I didn't have close people around me um, who I could go to and, the kind of friend who you can say anything to. Right. And you're you're okay. If you have those people in your life, appreciate them and let them know that they're appreciated. But anyway, I realized um, several months ago that I was living in the past. Um, I became a reluctant widow a couple years ago. And um You know, there were some other things, too. But I was living in the past with with all of that and wondering, who am I now? Um, So living in that slill of the past was not helping. And it was like being some kind of a rodent stuck on a glue trap. Can't get off of it. What helped me after realizing I was living in the past was, I thought, I do better when I have a goal, something to get up for in the morning. Yes. I'm past, past the working age. Um, I have a disabled dog anyway, so it'd be hard to work and find care for him. But anyway, one thing I thought of is make something better. Every day, it can be something small, like sweeping the floor, picking up the phone and calling somebody, um, going out for a ride, getting an ice cream cone or um, just make something.
3: Right. Just making that motion to move forward and to do something instead of allowing yourself to just sit in the place of despair and wallow, one thing I've suggested, and maybe this would even help you, Janet, a lot of us lose sight of what we do accomplish every day. When I get up in the morning, I sit at my desk, I jot down what I can think of that needs to be done today. And so I make a list and I think that's important. And then I go back to the list when I say to myself, uh, oh, shoot, I forgot. I'm filling in for Chad Hartman today. I put that on the list and I mark it off and people are like, well, that's, Stupid, why are you marking it? I'm like, because at the end of the day, I want to look at that list and see and remind myself of all the things that I accomplished today. All of the things from hanging up my clothes, making my bed, answering emails, answering texts, filling in for Chad Hartman, filling in for whoever, right? It just Then at the end of the day, I realize, oh, this wasn't a wasted day. This wasn't a day that just slid by me. Instead, I've got a list here that I can specifically look at and realize that there have been accomplishments made. And that has helped turn my thinking around a lot. So you hear the comment, Janet, of people being listless, right? Meaning that they're uncomfortable. They can't be, they, they just feel like there's something out of sorts. I really think that if you have a list, Mm -hmm. it, it helps you. Don't be listless, make a list, see what you're achieving every day. And then when you miss some things, just move them over to the next day and start working on those things on that day. And you'll also start to realize what you prioritize. And if the things you're moving over are inconsequential, are they things that even need to be done? And sometimes when we start to prioritize that, we will see a better life and a better way for us to go. We are out of time for this hour. Janet, thank you for weighing in and calling in and sharing your stories with us. Thank you to everybody that was part of the program. We will be back. We've got more to discuss. The talk and text line open 651-461-9226.
2: I'm Dave Schrader in for Chad Hartman on News Talk 830-WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy